Aloha, this is Rudy Nassif, and today we'll be mapping light on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-minute matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix is so important not only because it invites us to stop and assess, but also because it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, recommendations, and outcomes. Everything is connected. We are all unique and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15 Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Rudy Nassif. For most of his life, Rudy spent nights staying up late, waking up feeling exhausted, unmotivated, and unfocused. After visiting many doctors and trying different diets, supplements, and herbs, nothing seemed to work. About six years ago, Rudy's depression and anguish became unbearable, so he decided to embark on a worldwide journey of learning about himself and nature. Rudy's experiences transformed his health and life. His quest to understand this transformation and help others led him to study light, quantum biology, and the circadian rhythm. And this is how Viva Rays was born. Rudy has been educating thousands of functional medicine and naturopathic doctors about the power of light and helping them optimize their personal as well as their patients' well-being, sleeping patterns, energy, and focus. Rudy is on a mission to elevate people's light environment to a whole new level of alignment with nature in order to live in an optimal rhythm, resulting in better sleep, more energy and focus, and higher productivity. Hi, Rudy. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. Hi, Andrea. Thank you for having me here today. Yes, I am so excited to talk about light. And I'm wondering if you could start us out by talking about why it's so important that we understand light when it comes to health and health outcomes. Yeah, for sure. Today in our society, we all know that we're dealing with air pollution, water pollution, and malnutrition. And those are big problems that we are so focused on solving as a society. But Andrea, what about malillumination? And I think just like junk food will cause malnutrition and deficiencies and health problems, junk light or an improper light diet will also cause malillumination, which we've seen that as the cause of so many complex detrimental health effects. And light is one of the most powerful nutrients that really sustain all biological life on Earth. And today, for the past 150 years, our light diet has been extremely junk and very different than what we have been used to across our biological evolution. We are not getting exposed to a healthy, rich, full-spectrum light. And we are overexposing ourselves to junk artificial light that is very unbalanced and very deficient. 
I invite you to think of vitamins and minerals, for instance. We need those for our body to function properly. And no one mineral is more important than the other. We need them in a balanced way so that we feel vibrant and healthy. And similarly, we need a balanced consumption of all the frequencies of light to live a healthy and vibrant life. Also, similar to how oversaturating our body with one mineral could be toxic, poisonous, and will cause health issues, overdosing chronically on one frequency of light is also poisonous and will cause health issues. And this frequency that I'm talking about here is the frequency that we're continuously exposed to from LED bulbs and screens day and night, which is very unbalanced and deficient. Are there different frequencies of light? Do they have names? I don't know much about how we talk about light, but when you talk about the different frequencies of light and the biological evolution of our exposure, are there some frequencies in addition to LED that we're more exposed to now versus others that we're really just deficient in? Yeah, for sure. Across our biological evolution, we've evolved to get those frequencies of sunlight, which increases in intensity and in color temperature from sunrise to solar noon, just like a crescendo of a musical scale. And as this happens, there is an orderly sequence in nature where the sun rises and it's high in the blue and green light frequency. And it's also high in the infrared light, red, orange, and yellow. And depending on where we live on Earth and the time of the season, UVA appears about 60 to 90 minutes afterwards, which is a fundamentally important frequency that has tremendous effects on so many biological processes in the body. And then UVB shows up about an hour later, which is the compound that enables us to make vitamin D when it strikes our skin. Now, if we look at the spectral curve of sunlight, it's absolutely balanced and it's very proportionate. There's a lot of blue light in the sun, which is very important because it resets our circadian rhythm and it improves our mood. However, this blue that we get from the sun is always balanced and proportionate with the orange, red, and infrared. And this creates a balanced equation because blue light in nature is degenerative or very stimulating, so to speak. It triggers the production of reactive molecules which is not something bad when it's balanced with regenerative light that will balance it out. And for the past 50 to 100 years, so to speak, we've shifted from being outdoors all the time to being indoors all the time. And the problem with that is that we're exposing ourselves to a narrow band of the blue, not even all the blue, that peaks at 455 nanometer in wavelength. And this frequency has been shown to be extremely degenerative to the cells. And it causes mitochondrial dysfunction and increases inflammation. And especially when it's not balanced with other frequencies. And on the other hand, this frequency is absolutely absent from nature after the sun sets. Because as soon as the sun sets, the declining blue and green light frequencies 
are actually very important information for our system and our endocrine system, our nervous system, to understand that the day is ending. And therefore, it triggers the production of melatonin into our bloodstream, which transmits millions of messages to the millions of cells and organs in our body to prepare us for a restful night's sleep, healing, rejuvenation, and repair. I love how you're talking about this because it really resonates for me in thinking about food, right? How we look at supplements, which are just derivative elements of our foods, but how when we eat the whole foods, we get the spectrum of all the things working together. And what you're saying just makes so much sense in terms of how our light diet, as you said, is causing these downstream impacts because of our lack of exposure to some frequencies, our overexposure of other frequencies, and we're losing that balance that was a key element to our overall health and our healing. Yeah, totally. And one of the most important aspects also is that we are losing our connection to the light and dark cycles, which program and influence and control the timing of thousands of biological processes happening in our body. As an example, it's this light and dark cycle that resets the cortisone melatonin rhythm that happens every 24 hours. In fact, the reason we wake up in the morning is because in response to light, the central clock in the brain sends messages to the adrenal gland to secrete the hormones cortisol and adrenaline. And at this second, our body temperature starts going up. We pick up a few more beats per minute. Our heartbeat goes up, blood pressure rises, and our muscles start tensing, preparing us to feel alert, focused, and ready for the day. And at this particular second, there's a cellular timer that is set that will dictate when another very important hormone called melatonin will be released about 12 to 14 hours from this moment. Now, even though melatonin is being programmed in morning sunlight, it can only be released into our bloodstream when our eyes start perceiving darkness. In other words, when melanopsin, the photosensitive proteins in the eye, perceive the absence of blue and green light. And the problem is that most of us come back home after the sunset and we are exposed to the second sun from our devices and LED bulbs in the kitchen, in the washroom, everywhere we go. And this light is confusing our brain and bodies about the time of the day, leading the brain to think that it's 12 noon and summertime all year long. And this will start sabotaging very important processes that are supposed to happen at night when we are resting and sleeping. Yeah, it really is speaking to the center of the matrix. We're talking about the immune and inflammatory balance, those environmental inputs, the oxidative stress and energy production, particularly as it relates to the mitochondria, the hormones and neurotransmitters, as you're talking about with the cortisol and the adrenals and the melatonin and how that then impacts our ability to be ready and alert for the day. So it makes me wonder, Rudy, what do we 
do in today's day and age? I know before we hit record, you and I were talking about being out in nature. And right now you're in Mexico where there's lots of sunlight. What do we do? How do we recommend change and understanding to practitioners to support our clients and patients? Yeah, that's a great question. It's absolutely important for everyone to rethink their internal clock with the solar time outside. While this seems very easy, it has become very complicated in our modern life. Now, there are very simple steps that anyone could take, which I've been teaching for years now to different practitioners and doctors. And we've seen phenomenal results only when people start practicing those steps. Step number one, as soon as we wake up in the morning, stepping outside, facing east, and witnessing the sunrise. Now, this can happen directly or indirectly. Obviously, directly is better. However, even if it's a cloudy day, we have a system in our circadian clock that can sum up photons, which means that if it's a dark, cloudy day, all we need to do is spend more time outside so that we can sum up more photons over time. And if it's in a blue open sky, 10 to 15 minutes are enough to trigger our circadian clock in the morning. Now, there are other important windows of time that are absolutely important to note and to familiarize ourselves with. And this will depend on our geographical location and the time of the season. And for this, I really recommend an app called D-Minder. And there's another app called the Circadian app that will start teaching you about the sun and about your environment so that you know when UVA rises, when UVB rises, because those are absolutely important times for us to be outside. And I'm going to give an example of why. Let's say we go outside, we witness the rising sun, the blue light that is increasing actually trigger ghrelin production, which lead us to have a healthy hunger level in the morning. Now, about an hour when UVA rises, it triggers the production of melanocyte-stimulating hormones, which are proteins that trigger the production of peptides. And when those peptides connect with their receptors, one of the things that they do, actually, is they decrease our desire to eat. And if you think about what I said about ghrelin, this creates the perfect balance between triggering our desire to eat first thing in the morning and then shutting down our desire to eat later on. And most people really skip UVA. Most people are exposed to this blue light from screens day and night, which is increasing their ghrelin abnormally. And they're not being exposed to this UVA that naturally rises from sunlight to regulate their hunger levels. That's amazing. So we have that step one, step outside, <laughs> face east, let the natural light inspire the internal workings of the body. Yes. Step number two is get more in touch with those differences in the lights and the UV light, that frequencies that are coming through. Do I have that right? Yes. So step number two, I would say familiarize yourself about your environment through D-Minder or the circadian app. When you know that UVA is rising, take a sun break and be outside for 10 minutes. When UVB rises again, 
be outside and expose yourself to at least 10, 15 minutes as well. Oh, I love that. Okay, so is there a third step? Yes, third step, anytime you are indoors in front of digital devices and under harsh artificial light, we recommend wearing high-quality circadian light therapy glasses, like the one we produce in Viva Rays, which are designed during the day to reduce the sharpness of the 455 nanometer frequency and balance it out with the yellow and green so that you're getting more proportionate light into your eyes. And then was there a four? Yes. So anytime we're sitting indoors, if we can open the windows, that would be great because almost all window distorts the frequency that is coming from sunlight, which could be very dangerous and may cause cancer even. And newer windows nowadays filter out 100% of the infrared light, which is the highest anti-inflammatory almost in nature, the result in the production of something called locally produced melatonin in the cell, which is very different than the melatonin that we produce at night. And this melatonin is designed to clean off reactive molecules during the day on site within every cell. So opening the window is extremely important. And does that window need to be in the room you're in or is just opening the window shifting the light frequency? Yes. So if I'm sitting in my office and there's a window behind me or in front of me, it would be great to open that window. If I'm in a car, for instance, I'm driving long distances, I would also think of cracking the window a little bit and open it so that we're getting undistorted frequencies of light. Step number five, familiarize yourself with the time of the sunset, which is going to change from season to season. And that will enable us to reconnect with the healing power of every season. There's a reason why the sun sets really early in the winter and it sets later in summer because we are meant to be much more active in summer than in winter. But as soon as the sun is setting, committing to 10, 15 minutes outside will enable our nervous system to understand that the day is ending and will start helping us to wind down, relax, and will kickstart all of the processes that will help us to prepare for a restful night's sleep. Well, I certainly have some to-dos for myself, and I love that there's things we can just right away recommend to our clients and patients. Is there anything else that you wish all practitioners knew about light that you feel like we're missing or getting all wrong? Yes, I think every practitioner needs to understand the law of relativity by Einstein, E equal mc square. E is light, m is mass, and c velocity. And this equation literally means that light and matter are exactly the same things. And that light is continuously being transformed into matter. And this equation means that we are light beings and that everything around us at this moment come from the light and is profoundly influenced by light. And in fact, we have what is called the vitreous EDI in the retina in the eye, which is a very unique substance that is not present anywhere else but in our eyes. And is composed of water, collagen, and acid. And this unique substance is designed to slow light down before it enters our retina. So this light that is entering in our eyes every day is creating reality and is regenerating all of our internal workings, organs, and systems. 
So I'm on a mission to help everyone on earth to understand the importance of light so that we can elevate our light environment to a whole new level of alignment with nature. And I wish that every practitioner knows this. Mm, I love it, Rudy. Such a thoughtful and beautiful conversation and message and mission. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thanks so much, Andrea. The 15-Minute Matrix is hosted and produced by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The podcast is edited and mixed by Brian Paik of Pacific Audio, and special thanks to Natalie Merrill, Alia Hale, Pamela Geismar, and Rowan Bradley for their support in making the 15-Minute Matrix possible. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to see the completed functional nutrition matrix that accompanies today's or any episode, be sure to head over to the podcast website. Again, that's 15minutematrix.com. We love when you share our episodes with your friends and colleagues, leave a review and rate the show. That helps us to grow our collective message that functional nutrition is the future of healthcare. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Functional Nutrition Alliance, and you can follow me at Andrea Nakayama. And if you or someone you know is interested in becoming a functional nutrition counselor, head over to fxnutrition.com to learn more about our Full Body Systems program. Full Body Systems is our 10-month immersion course where you'll learn the systems-based approach to addressing the root causes of your clients' issues through client education, diet, and lifestyle modification. Again, you can always learn more at fxnutrition.com.